Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Science of Yes with your hostess, Pam Heath, the Yes Coach. Each week, Pam will speak about the energy of yes and how you can use it to create an extraordinary, prosperous life that you will absolutely love. Pam has spent a lifetime creating and leading transformational programs and is passionate about making abundance available for everyone through the power of yes. Callers are welcome, and we invite you to like Pam's show before leaving the program. So, open your mind and open your heart and be ready to receive what is possible for your friend, the Yes Coach. Good evening, good evening, and welcome. This is Pam Heath, the Yes Coach. Tonight, we have our show, The Science of Yes, where we examine the energy of yes and how you can leverage that energy and your knowledge and belief in the power of yes to create an extraordinary, prosperous life by design. I'm a life coach and a business strategist. I specialize in breaking down the emotional barriers that block you from what you're committed to achieving in your life. My background is in personal development, communication, team management, and organization. That's coupled with years of empowering individuals to achieve their best results. So I spent a lifetime working as an administrator and operations manager, and I also spent many years focusing on leading impactful transformational programs, and I will work with you to enhance your ability to create an extraordinary life that you absolutely love. I call myself a yes coach, and the process I designed is the science of yes. So join me every week here on Blog Talk Radio for my show, The Science of Yes. I'm here every Thursday at 8 p.m., and I'll guide you into having it all. And you don't have to let your fears keep you frozen. Take on your life and everything it has to offer you. Say yes to life. So you can visit my website um, at www.yescoachforyou.com. That's www. Yes, Coach, the number four, the letter U, dot com. You can sign up for a download of my ebook, The Yes Blueprint, Scale Your Business to Win. It's free of charge, and it's for any entrepreneur, who, wherever you are, whatever level you are, it's for you to take your business to the next level. So come on my program, and you can get your questions answered. I'm here on Blog Talk Radio every week. If you want to start a business or you want to create a business plan or you just have a vision and you're not even quite sure what business you want to start, you just want to be your own boss, I can support you. I tend to focus on conscious professionals as well as creative artists. So I'm not a psychic, but I do support psychics and readers. And though I don't do readings, you might be amazed at how I can support and guide you if you want life, career, and even romance guidance. Coming from the energy of yes, anything is possible. So if you want to call in and talk to Pam Heath, the Yes Coach, the number to dial in is 760-888-5700. That's 760-888-5700. 
I just launched um, the first book in my uh, conversation around the science of yes. The book is called Say Yes, Seven Steps to the Life of Your Dreams. Later tonight, I'm going to read you an excerpt from that book. I've been pushing um, the content in the book because my biggest um, commitment is that I contribute the science of yes to people and what they're up to, especially now during the COVID-19 lockdown that everybody is experiencing. This is the perfect time for you to take on the science of yes. So welcome to tonight's call. Um, I do notice that there is a caller waiting. I'm going to check in and see if they have any questions, and then we're going to move on with the show and to what we're going to be discussing today. So just a moment. Hi, this is Pam Heath, the Yes Coast. You're live. Did you have a question for me? Hi, yes. Um, thank you for taking my call. This is fascinating. I'm I'm so eager to see, um, to hear your work. I should say here, right? <laughs> see, I'm sorry. Um, how do I pose a question? I'm I'm not sure. I've never heard you. So show one of the things that you want to know is that I look at life in a very positive mindset. So a lot of times when people question me, they ask me advice. I'm not a psychic, so I don't do readings but I can give you some very tangible, solid advice. And I come from this, this energy of yes. So if you believe in the law of attraction, related to like coaching on how you can manifest what you want. Yes. Okay. So that's what I can um, If you don't have a specific question, that's fine. You can listen. I'll just talk a little bit about the science of yes, but I, I did want to check in. Did you have something you wanted to ask me? Yeah, um, my question would be um, with, with, with work, um, I'm trying to see if this gentleman, Willie, would be a good partner, Willie or Cassandra, actually. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I guess I need a little bit of guidance um, in, in kind of, you know, assessing the situation because it, it's fairly new with both of them. Why do you want to have a partner? Is it something that you're looking at and you're just choosing who's going to be your partner? Um, I'm looking for, um, well, both of them kind of funding projects. So that's mm-hmm. the reason for partnership. Um, but, yeah, I also see what you're saying, though. Um, like, I, I know I can, you know, be a leader on my own. Um, but you know, perhaps it's also a thing where many, many, many hands make light work. Um, True. It's, I believe it takes a village to raise a child, and it takes a community to yeah. to grow a business. Yeah. So you're right there, you know. But why I ask the question is because um, if you're looking for partners because you want somebody um, to be the money person, like come in with funds and and you run everything and they just provide the capital, that's a whole other conversation. Mm-hmm. If you're looking for somebody who complements what you're up to, I don't know if it's a product or a service you provide. Which is it? A product. Okay, so if it's a product you provide and you are running a business, selling a product, and you're looking for backing, you're looking funds, um, then the conversation right. becomes, is it worth it to bring in people just because they have capital? Or are you really looking 
for people to bounce off of. Like, in other words, having other people, because I have partners in my business, and having other people around to bounce ideals off of, it's kind of like a marriage. If you've ever been married, it's really incredible when you have a full-fledged partner who is with you every step of the way, that you pull each other, you push each other, and you hold each other to account, and you produce results together, and there's nothing like it when you have a full-fledged partnership. You get along and you don't get along. It's all manageable inside of what you're committed to and the vision you both share. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. As yeah. long as I that criteria is present. I like the, the ring through all of that. Yeah. Right. If that's present, a partnership can be amazing. You know, even if it's two people, because I have two partners, it even two mm-hmm. people can be amazing because one is strength is in one area and the other strength is in that area. You bring the, to to the table what you're strong in, and there's three strengths, and there's it's unbeatable. It's an unbeatable team. However, if the only reason you're bringing in partners is because you need capital, then it's something for you to reflect on. As long as mm-hmm. you are empowered inside that relationship, then consider it. Because there's a lot of ways to get money, especially now. Every single client I have has managed to apply for and receive some type of disaster relief funding due to the COVID-19 situation. Wow. Okay, so wow. it's a fund you're looking for. If you're a woman business owner, if you're a minority business owner, if you're a business owner who was in business and can demonstrate you were viable from February 15, 2020 on, there is disaster relief available, and you can get it. So if it's only funds you're looking for, it's something to reflect on, to pray on, and to really consider before you go around looking for partners. Yeah. Does that make wow. sense? Absolutely, yes. Thank you so much. I love what you do. Thank you. That's awesome. You're welcome. So, you know, you can check in. I'm here every week. And if there's anything I can provide, you can even email me and and tell me, you know, Pam, I thought about what you said, and can you send me a link to, you know, where I can look that up, and, and I will respond. My email is my name, Pam Heath, P-A-M-H-E-A-T-H, at yescoach4u.com. That's yescoach, the number four, the letter u.com. Hit me up, and I'll make sure you're taken care of, okay? Beautiful. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. You're absolutely welcome. Don't be a stranger. Hope to hear from you again. Take care. You too. God bless you. Thank you. God bless you too. All right, so that was really awesome because um, her willingness to share about her concerns about picking on partners makes it possible to coach her from a standpoint of the yes energy. Number one, you can be a business owner. I don't care what you do. I don't care if you're a security guard. I don't care if you work at a grocery store. If you have visions or dreams of owning a business, it's possible for you. Now, you might have, as she did, you might have um, a product or a service you already have in mind, but you may not have a product or service in mind. You just want to get in business. I can help. One of the things that is really important that you need to understand 
is that there's nothing standing in your way of taking on a business. Right now, the majority of the people in our nation are quarantined. They're at home. Essential businesses are open, and several businesses over the last few weeks open. But there has been a concern, and they're talking about locking down again because the cases of COVID-19 have risen. And either way, you've got to look for a way to make money online. And even if you have a job, a JLB, and even if you haven't been impacted, that you're still working, you know, having a side hustle, having something in addition to what you're already doing, I highly recommend. The reason why is because you want to be in a situation where you have multiple streams of income, multiple places money comes from into your bank account. You want to protect yourself against the situation that just came up for everybody in our nation, where the COVID-19 virus caused the government to shut all the businesses down, and people found themselves stuck at home. Our kids who were graduating had to graduate virtually. They had to complete their, their school term at home on their computers. So you want to be in a situation where if something happened like that, like they call a force majeure or an act of God, takes away your main source of income. You've still got a side hustle. You've still got something flowing cash into your bank account, so you're not behind the eight ball when something comes up and there's nothing you could do except be concerned and be worried and get ulcers over how you're going to pay your bills, how are you going to put food on the table. Right now, during this COVID-19 situation, there is government funds that are put aside for business owners. If you are a business owner and you are in trouble because you've been impacted by the COVID-19 virus, then you should be applying for this money. People are talking about how there is no money, but there's money. I'm here to tell you that every client that I have, and even clients that were referred to me like clients I've had, they all received government funding. They all got money. There's money there. There's funds. Go get them. If you're a minority, if you're a woman, if you are in any number of categories, there's funding out there. Go get it. Spend some time on your computer researching how can I get funds. Funds are what you need. Funds are out there. Be a yes. Say yes. Don't be in a conversation in your head that you can't have what you want. Ask for what you want and then go get it. So I see we have another caller here. Let's see if they have a question for us, too, here tonight on the science of yes. Hi, this is Pam Heath. I'm live on the science of yes. Who's this? Greetings. My name is Eddie. Can I be heard? Hi, Eddie. Welcome to the science of yes. Thank you. You have a nice show here, wonderful show, very informative. Okay, well, did you have a question, or are you just hanging out here tonight? Um, yeah, okay, you said if you had had a business since, um, you said February, you said? If your business was in operation as of February 15, 2020, you're entitled to um, funding uh, for disaster relief. If your business was impacted by the COVID-19 virus, they have money. You should go get some. Definitely, definitely. Okay, now... And if you um, don't know where to go, write to me, and I'll send you the link. 
Okay. Now, say you just started a business and you're not fully registered, but you do have an EIN, EIN number via the IRS. Um, what kind of procedures need to take place in order to register your business? And um, part of my intent was just to use it as an entity to, you know, um, be a merchant, distribute products, you know, via uh, flea markets, maybe even do MLM. It would probably be better to do it that way, right, instead of my individual name. Understood. How long were you in business? How, when did you get your EIN? Uh, a few months ago, unfortunately, was not in February. <laughs> you know, unfortunately. Um, unfortunately, that's the cutoff. If if it, as long as it was active as of February, so since February, you're not entitled to disaster relief because they relate to that. In other words, the the lockdown happened in the state of California, which is where I am, on March 5th. But for some um, states, it didn't happen until three weeks later. They're assuming that your company is in business and was impacted by the lockdown. So if you didn't, weren't in business until March or April, then you started your business. It wasn't impacted because you started your business during the COVID-19 situation. The situation. Now, having said that, if it were me, and I'm saying this to you, Eddie, because I'm, I'm a yes, I'd apply anyway. If they say no, okay. you're no worse off than you are right now. If they say yes, you'll be like, amen, right? Mm-hmm. Yes, indeed. So I would apply anyway. Yeah. If you have your EIN, you know, um, and you submit your request, they may write you back and say, sorry, Charlie. Star's kids likes tuna that tastes good, you know? And then no harm done. But right now they have funds. They, ha- they had, had a cutoff of June 30th for the PPP fund, and when that date came and went, they extended the deadline because they still had lots of money left and they didn't want to give it back. So they extended the deadline. Hmm. They have now money. Is, fund. Yes, now this is stimulus money. This is not a loan, right? You don't have to pay this money back, so correct? The, I'm talking about the PPP, okay? I don't know if you're familiar with the PPP. That was the payroll so if you had a company and you had to let people go because you couldn't pay them, there was funds put aside so that you could pay the people. As long as you can show that you used the money to pay people or to pay your rent or there are certain categories that you needed to use those funds for, you can show that you did that, then, yes, they would forgive it. It's considered a loan unless you use it for specific reasons, and then it's a grant. Does that okay. does that make sense? So. Yes. What I'm saying to you is that um, even for PPP, you know, even though – when did you start it? A couple of months ago? Are you talking about May? Yeah. Okay. They may not um, allow that because you started way into the COVID-19 situation. But if you can demonstrate that you were impacted, and what I mean by that is you, you were making money and now you're not, there's fun. So why not? I'm the kind of person, I go for it. A lot of times people will tell me, you can't do that. I'm one of those people in life that, that says, well, I'll give it a shot anyway. And half the time I get what I'm looking for because I'm not afraid to ask for what I want. And, you know, I've always held it that 
the universe resonates with the energy of yes. And if you resonate with that energy, you can have anything you want. It's been my philosophy since I was very young. As I get older uh, and I became a coach, I distinguish that as something I have that I can give away to others. That's something I didn't realize when I was young. I thought everybody was like this. Mm. So I get I what I want you. because I ask for it. But the the point wow. of it, Eddie, is that there there's money there for people who own business. And if you write to me at my email address, I'll send you just some links for some businesses that you sound like a minority. If I'm assuming something, I apologize. But there's there's money for minorities in business. And you should go get it. You know, what I'm saying to you is that if there's something you want, look to see how you can have it. Don't be stopped by, by a conversation called, I, I can't even try because I don't, you know, it, it's, it's beyond my reach or I don't qualify. That's yeah, what I say. Definitely. It is unfortunate. Just like you're saying, a lot of people talk themselves out of things instead of talking themselves into them. That's true. And there's nothing to lose. There's nothing to lose. Not even the embarrassment of being denied because it's via letter or email. You never have to look at somebody. You know, I have a, I have a really great story about rejection that I used to tell all the time, but it involves Bill Cosby. And when he um, got arrested, I stopped telling the story because now he's the villain in everybody's world. But it's an incredible story. And I'll tell you the story so you can understand why I don't, I'm not afraid of rejection. Just know that at the time, it was a big deal because it was Bill Cosby. Do would you mind if I tell the story? Please do. Yes, yes. Okay, because I I hesitate because it's Bill Cosby. But um, the thing is, is I'm a writer. I just published my my book, Say Yes, and I've always been a writer. And um, there was a moment in time as an adult that I stopped writing, and I was working in a law office as a word processor. Everybody there knew I was a writer, but I had quit writing because I got stopped by the rejection letters I would get. I would submit my writing. I had a couple of screenplays, and I had some some books, and I would submit them, and I would get a letter saying, no, thank you. And, and each time I got a letter saying no, it made me less and less want to submit my writing until finally by the time I reached 30, somewhere in my 30s, I, I just stopped altogether. And... um. So there was a friend of mine that worked in word processing with me. One day he brings me this magazine. It's it's a um, Hollywood, you know, industry magazine, and it's open to a page, and he dropped it into my inbox, and he said, this is for you, and then he walked away. And I looked down, and the, there was an ad, and the ad was for a writing workshop for African-American screenwriters put on by Bill Cosby. And it said that you had a particular date that you had to submit a script, and if you were selected, you would be in a a workshop for three months with Bill Cosby teaching you um, the ins and outs of writing for Hollywood. So it it sounded really great, but I in my mind I'm thinking I'll never I'll never get that. I'll submit and I won't get it. So I just but no, but I didn't throw the magazine away. I left it sitting there in the inbox, and you know as it goes. Throughout the day, people would put things in my inbox, and I would, you know, empty my inbox out, and I always ended up coming to that magazine until the day before the deadline. 
uh, turning in that screenplay. I'm staring at this magazine, and suddenly I am completely consumed, and I say, I'm doing this, and I grab it up, and I start to put together everything you needed in order to apply, which you needed 10 copies of a script. So I had to grab one of my old scripts, and, and I had to print it out, and I had to Xerox it, and people at my office were helping. We were sitting up there just going crazy, getting everything together for this thing. And I finally, um, 10 copies in a package to FedEx, which I missed the 6 o'clock run, but there was a, a office in El Segundo that closed at 9. So I rushed all the way out there and got there in time to get on a plane and be postmarked the right date. And I applied to be in this workshop, and I was so excited, so very excited. And um, three weeks later, I get a letter in the mail from this from this place, and I opened it up, and I tear it open because I'm so excited. And I get a letter from the committee of um, producers who were reading the scripts, and the letter says, we regret to inform you that you were not selected for the Bill Cosby workshop. However, we hope this workshop every year, and uh, hopefully you'll apply again next year. And that was the end of it. And I was so devastated. I was completely devastated. It's like, you see? You see what happened. This is why I quit writing. This is why I quit submitting, because I'm not going to make it because I'm not a good writer, and there's no use. I might as well just keep doing word processing and forget the whole thing. So I did that, that little rant that I just did with you out loud mm-hmm. in front of my friends. And one of my friends stood up and said, shame on you, shame on you getting stopped by a little rejection letter when the reality is that not only are you a good writer, you're an incredible writer, and you don't need a workshop with Bill Cosby or anybody else. You should be writing right now and submitting to Hollywood and forget about workshops. As a matter of fact, the way you put that script together and the way you got everything in in a day and a half is a testament to how powerful you are. And you should be writing them right now thanking them for rejecting you because it put a fire under your butt for the first time in years. And that, I think, is what Bill Cosby was up to in the first place. So you can let him know he got his job done. And I was blown away because that was so profound, what he said. So I said, I'm going to do that. So I did. I wrote a letter to the committee that, you know, was choosing the scripts, and I told them exactly that. I said, thank you for rejecting me. I had given up on my writing. And what it took for me to generate, pulling one of my old scripts out and polishing it up, getting 10 copies, running around like a crazy person for a day and a half to get it in on time, really Mm. made me recognize who I am in the matter of being a writer. And I think that's what Bill Cosby had in mind all along, that as an African-American, I have to get up for life. I can't sit around waiting for something to happen. I have to make it happen. So I just wanted to let you know that over here in rejection land, you got your job done. And thank you. Mm -hmm. And I just might take you up on it and see you next year. And I sent that letter off, and I forgot the whole thing, right? Well, a couple of weeks after I send that letter, I get a phone call at work. And the way it worked at my job is when the receptionist had a call for you, she would announce over the loudspeaker, Pam, you have so-and-so on line three or four or whatever. And when she announced it, she announced the name of one of the producers in Hollywood 
out loud, Pam, so-and-so was on the line for you. And it was like, oh, my God, that's a freaking Hollywood producer. And I would gavel into my office and pick up the phone. And, yes, indeed, this producer is on the line for me. And um, she told me, she said, Pamela, we got your letter. And I want you to know that your letter blew us away. That letter is exactly the reason why Bill Cosby has these workshops every year, is to inspire and motivate African-American writers to keep writing, just like you said in your letter. And there was no doubt in anybody's mind when we got that letter that you belong in this workshop. Unfortunately, there's only 15 spaces in the workshop. And we have a rule. The rule is, is that we hold this thing every year and people from all over the world apply to be in this workshop. And our rule is if you apply three times and are not selected the fourth time, you get in automatically. And we had three people do that this year. Because that happens, there's no more spaces. We have 15 slots, but I want you to know if there were 16 slots, you would have been number 16 because that's how close you were in the competition. So I'll tell you what, we had a conversation with Bill Cosby and we talked about our dilemma because how could we not have you in the workshop? And here's the thing, Bill Cosby himself only teaches the very first workshop. The rest of the workshops are taught by other industry professionals. We'd like to invite you to come to the very first night where Bill Cosby is going to be teaching so that you can meet him and he can meet the person who wrote that letter with the understanding that you're not in the workshop. Would you be willing to do that? And I said, um, okay. So I did. I showed up that day, and I was two and a half hours early. And I'm never early to anything. But I was so excited to be there. And there were three other people there just like me sitting on the steps. The doors weren't even open. And we were just sitting there vibrating. And um Somebody unlocked the door when it was an hour before the workshop. So we walked in. We were the only ones there. And then we heard his voice. He has a very distinctive voice walking down the hall. And he had an entourage of people surrounding him. And they were trying to keep him from going into the room. They kept saying, Mr. Cosby, Mr. Cosby, it's not time yet. It's too early. Mr. Cosby, nobody's here. Mr. Cosby, Mr. Cosby. And, and he just was ignored them. He was stomping down the hall. And he walked into the room. And there the three of us were. And we looked up at him. And he looked at us, and then he looked at his people, and he said, they're here, and they seem excited about something. So let's begin. And he started the class right there an hour early with the three of us. And the people who arrived on time thought they were late because by the time they got there, we were in full swing. The amazing thing was is that he taught an incredible class that night. And like she said, people from all over the world applied to be in that workshop. And that night, which was the first night, somebody was supposed to be there who didn't show up. And Bill Cosby gave me her seat. And so I got to be in that workshop. And I spent the entire workshop getting trained as a writer, learning from industry professionals. It was the most amazing time. And there were 15 of us that started but there were only six of us at the end because it was a very rigorous workshop with rigorous homework assignments, and people kept dropping out. So the six of us got together at the very last class, and afterwards we went out for drinks, and we were getting a little tipsy, and one of them said, hey, look, 
I have a relative who owns one of those framing shops. Give me your acceptance letters, and I'll have her frame them. And that's when I started laughing. And they looked at me like I was a crazy person and said, what, Pamela? And I said, I don't have an acceptance letter. I have a rejection letter. And that's my Bill Cosby story. So I shared that with you because there's one thing that you can learn from that story is that you can turn rejection into what's possible for your life as long as you're willing to stand in yes. So what do you think about all that, Eddie? Did I lose you? Looks like I lost him. Well, I'm glad I got No, you didn't lose me. I was on mute because there's a lot of background noise. No, that's very powerful. Oh, no, powerful. that's okay. Yep, that is, exactly. that is powerful. So I shared that so that you and everybody else listening can get really present to the energy of yes and what you can do to leverage that energy to get what you want, to ask for what you want, to take no and turn it into yes. And that's the way life works. So one of the first things I teach my clients and my students is never focus on what you don't want. Never speak about what you don't want. Bring all your speaking and all your energy to what you want. What are you committed to? What do you desire? What are you dreaming of? Talk about that. And don't talk about what you don't want. Why would you put energy on what you don't want? You have more interest in what you don't want. So let's just leave it alone. So I am a business strategist as well as a life coach. And my strategy for you, Eddie, is to go for whatever you can go for. Write to me, Pam Heath, at yescoachforyou.com. I'll send you links. I'll support you. Whatever it takes for you to have what you need so you can have your business be 100% the revenue stream that brings you the life of your dreams. It's totally possible. I promise you it is. Thank you so much. Was there anything else you wanted to ask me? Um. No, not at this time. Uh, you gave me a lot of clarity, a lot of things, so I definitely want to thank you. Thank you, thank you. Oh, you're welcome. It's my pleasure. Don't forget we're here every week, so you, if you want to check back in, come back and let us know your progress. Just remember that the science of yes is the science that will take you to the life of your dreams. Okay? Mm. All right. Yes, okay, thank you. See you next week. All right, take care. Bye-bye. All right, so I'm so excited that people are, are creating the context for being business owners and entrepreneurs, even in the midst of this coronavirus pandemic, that they see that it's still possible to go online and make money virtually. And I'm telling you, it is true that you can. And one of the things that you'll find when you read my book, I, I am a book that I just launched. It just got published. It's available on Amazon.com. It's called Say Yes, Seven Steps to the Life of Your Dreams. Go on Amazon. You can do a search for Pamela Heath. If you do that, because I noticed that there's other books called Pull Up a Million Books called Yes Until You Stumble Onto Mine. But you pull up, you do a search on my name, Pamela Heath, and that book will pop right up. It, you can get it in paperback or you can get the Kindle version and um, 
right now I'm doing this thing where if people buy my book, um, you can buy the Kindle version and read it. If you review it and put the review on Amazon for me um, and then let me know that you put a review, I will autograph a paperback version of my book and mail it to you as my thanks. So I'm collecting um, reviews for my book, and you can buy the Kindle version, which is $9.99. That you can read with the free app that um, Amazon provides on your iPad, on your phone, on your computer. Read my book. Leave a uh, hopefully good review. I'd love it if you left a five-star review. If the book landed for you that way, then write to me at pamheath at yescoachforyou.com. Let me know that you did leave a review, and I will mail you a copy of the paperback version autographed by me. So um, thank you for doing that. Now, I wanted to take a minute to read an excerpt from my book. One of the things that you'll learn when you um, pick up the book and when you read the book, the book is called Say Yes, Seven Steps to the Life of Your Dream, because it takes seven areas of your life that will be impacted by the energy of yes and will take you to the life that you dream about, the life of your visions, the life that you're committed to having that you're not quite there yet. It takes seven areas of your life and tells you how to bring the energy of yes to those areas. One of the areas that I talk about in the book is the area of your family relationship. So I'm going to read to you an excerpt from my book. The reason I'm doing this is because I want you to start to get some of the coaching and some of the support in the book, and I want you to buy the book, in all honesty. You can buy the Kindle version. If you review the book on Amazon, I'll send you the paperback version autographed by me. And in reading this part, I chose this section because a lot of uh, people are starting to recognize the breakdowns in their family relationships as they're dealing with the pandemic and the quarantine. Many people are, are, are at home. They go to the post office, they go to the bank, they go to the grocery stores. They don't go much else, you know, because they're stuck. And things that weren't present because everybody was going out to their jobs and, and whatever, they're now fully present because they're at home stuck with the people in their family. And people are starting to notice that they're not, you know, related to their family the way that they thought they were. So um, it deals with your family unit, and I'm going to start um, reading from page 163, Understanding and Compassion. I realize that many of you have experienced becoming the caregiver for an aging father or mother, requiring patience from both the adult child and the parent. Parents have to watch their sons or daughters balance stressful careers and demanding families, and they may feel lost and uncertain of their place in their children's world. They might even experience that they are a burden, and this could be misery and unhappiness for the helplessness that might be real for them. You may have chosen not to have children because you don't want the responsibility, and suddenly you find yourself changing adult diapers and caregiving for an elderly parent and have the feeling of being trapped, and you don't know where to turn. I've experienced coaching friends and clients who felt scared, helpless, frustrated, discouraged, or sad in these situations. It's completely normal. 
Don't give in to these kinds of feelings, permitting the cold, hard side of your nature to prevail. There is no cheese down that tunnel. Do you know that expression, there is no cheese down that tunnel? I'll explain it to you. Scientists discovered putting a mouse in a maze with cheese in one of the tunnels creates the mouse navigating the maze to locate the cheese. Continue running up and down and all around, and still, while searching for the cheese, when it goes down a particular tunnel, research shows that if the mouse doesn't see the cheese down that tunnel, it will come out and continue the search. However, it will never go down that tunnel again to look for the cheese. The scientists would sometimes move the cheese to test the mouse to a tunnel the mouse already searched. The mouse will not go down a tunnel it has already explored. Nope, no cheese down there as far as it's concerned. It learned quickly and will not waste its time. However, put a human being into a maze to look for cheese. That human will search and search and search. They will visit a tunnel, go to the end, and find no cheese. They will come out of that tunnel, continue to search, and go back again and again to a tunnel that had no cheese. Maybe something happened. The cheese is there now. Better check just in case. No? Okay, out we go. But then, once again, down they go to the tunnel with no cheese. Why? Because humans don't always learn their lesson. They keep trying again and again to do the same things, hoping for a different result. Every day, ad nauseum. That is the definition of insanity. Doing something over and over again, expecting a different result each time. Often attributed to Albert Einstein, this quote about insanity was known to be something Albert would often say, but he didn't create this quote, and no one is quite sure who did. So the bottom line is, when will you learn? There is no cheese down that tunnel, okay? Passion. You can show for your spouse or significant other. Maybe they are experiencing the loss of a job, and they aren't the breadwinner anymore, and it's left them financially handicapped and emotionally challenged. They need your compassion more than ever, and they aren't creating life as they have in the past. Show compassion and love, and help them climb out of a pool of negativity, guilt, and shame. Keep channels of family communication open. Open communication or access to communication resources is your ability to keep all matters of your relationship transparent. Talk it through and be a yes to what can be possible at any given moment when things aren't going your way or looking the way you think they should. Nothing ensures a positive family environment than communication, being truthful, trustworthy, respectful, caring, and proactive will lead to foster a positive family atmosphere without any doubt. Talk through your differences and make time to hear each other out. Try not to bring the drama while your partner is trying to voice their feelings and concerns. Express your needs, wants, and concerns with each other. Quit lying to keep the peace or control and manipulate your partner. Express love and admiration for each other freely. You don't have to be leave it to Beaver's mom to communicate effectively with your partner and your kids. Be yourself 
but be your authentic self. Strong, healthy families have excellent communication. Marriage and family therapists report that the most common complaint of families who are having difficulty is lack of communication. Communication is the key, and a new model of communication will transform a relationship that is at risk. Ask, don't assume. Though we may know our spouse or partner exceptionally well, we are not mind readers. And the best way to ensure a supportive environment that fosters good communication is to ask perceptive, open-ended questions and listen to the answers. Finishing their sentences, shaking your head while they're speaking, glaring with gritted teeth while they speak, none of this would encourage them to communicate their feelings with you. The human need to feel heard and understood requires you to have a back-and-forth dialogue where you say what needs to be said and you both listen to each other, foster peace, love, and progress. Ask your family members what they want, how they feel, and what they think should happen next, and authentically consider the proposals until you come to a mutual agreement. Say yes. To forgive is divine. Misunderstandings, differences, grudges, and disputes are inevitable. They're inevitable in all families. Learning how to talk is essential. A simple apology to clean up a perceived wrong can heal so much in a family. Your blood may start to boil when you recall the feeling of abandonment caused by an absent parent. Still, if all you're doing is steaming over past painful or stressful moments in your life, that you would live with anger, frustration, and misery, but it's time to forgive. Holding on to negative emotions and energy is like taking poison and expecting the other person to die. The poison will harm you, and they will go on living. I'm not saying to dismiss hurtful events as if they hadn't taken place, but fostering the emotional anguish by playing the incidents over and over in your mind is abusive and impactful and you're doing it to yourself. The effect is on your body, your health, your physical and emotional well-being. You'll deal with low self-esteem, high blood pressure, poor mental health, and general dissatisfaction with life. You pay the price, and the other person keeps right on living their life without the least loss of power over your feelings about what they did or said. Harness the power of forgiveness. We tend to withhold forgiveness to get even with someone we feel has hurt us. Well, I'll show you. We hope they will suffer from the knowledge that they are bad people for doing what they did. Nothing can be further from the truth. All we are doing is hurting ourselves when we withhold forgiveness. Forgiving another human being isn't forgetting what you've experienced or allowing someone who hurts you back into your life and heart so they can hurt you again. Look beyond the offending act someone committed against you. You can have compassion for a person and make a choice not to have that negative energy in your life while still opting to forgive and wanting the best for who they are as a person. Their behavior that is unacceptable or hurtful to you is their usual way of life. It isn't personal to you in most situations. Their reality may be different from yours, 
and their life experiences brought them to the point of longing you. Love them and set them free. If you hang on and don't let go, you will find yourself dominated emotionally and sometimes even physically. The path to forgiveness. What is forgiveness? Look at it in the dictionary. The dictionary states, forgiveness is the action or process of forgiving or being forgiven. Now, that's a little circular because it includes the word and the definition. Said a different way, it's a conscious, deliberate decision to release feelings of resentment or vengeance towards someone who has harmed you. It doesn't mean that when you forgive, you forget. Nor does it mean you must condone or excuse offenses. So, what do you do? How do you forgive? Look at the big picture. What happened versus your interpretation of the facts. What were the circumstances? Know your role. Was it betrayal? Reflect on how you take control and be open to forgiving. Write a letter to stop the blame game. Express your upset in all its glory. You don't need to mail it to anyone. Just get it all out. Speak it out loud. Tell yourself or that person that you have forgiven yourself or the one who wronged you. It helps seal the forgiveness if you say it out loud, especially to the person you forgive, even if that person is deceived. Making amends when someone won't forgive you. What about when you are the one who did wrong? and you are looking for forgiveness that isn't there. Someone who you've done something to, or at least they feel you have. How do you gain forgiveness when they hold a grudge and harbor ill will towards you? How do you move on when it seems they won't forgive you? Like every human being in existence, you have hurt someone. Maybe you made a joke about their appearance that didn't land well. Or it could be really big. You sexually assaulted someone. You betrayed their trust or faith in some way. Can you be forgiven? Should you be? We all hurt people. We have to learn to be accountable. Being accountable doesn't mean apologizing to save face or make excuses. You need to take an in-depth look, a long look at what happened, what you did, who you hurt, and the consequences or impact of your choices. It also means actively taking steps to clean up the harm. Here's the thing. You can't make somebody forgive you. But what you can do is learn to forgive and request to be forgiven and promise to do better in the future. Even if the person you hurt doesn't ever forgive you, you can learn from your mistakes and practice ways to refrain from certain behaviors and not do those things again. Apologize. No really apologize. It's possible that even though you thought you made a great apology, if you haven't received forgiveness, it's a good idea to distinguish if your apology was authentic. One trap we can sometimes fall into is making the apology all about us and whatever our feelings of guilt are and our desire for forgiveness and how totally awful we feel about what we did rather than deal with the impact and harm 
our actions cause the other person. The cost and impact of the result of whatever it is that you did. Communicate it effectively in your apology so that the recipient can tell, really feel that you regret having done it or said it. That is what will have your apology be accepted. A sufficient apology will center around the person harmed, which includes several components. Acknowledge the offense. An explanation for why the apologizer caused harm. An expression of remorse. A meaningful offer to make amends. Get these elements in your communication across and include the phrases, I'm sorry and I was wrong. You're more likely to be forgiven if the other person has a chance to express their side of the situation. So make sure you are prepared to listen to them thoroughly and accept how your behavior affected them before you apologize. Listening means don't defend or explain your behavior as as soon as they mention something as though what you did is easily explained. Don't just say you're sorry and don't just jump to, how can I make this up to you? Give me something to do so we can put this behind us. Before they're willing to let it go, they may need to say some things. Let them. Let them tell you how what you did or said impacted them and try to understand their point of view so your apology heals the breach. We can all learn from Ebenezer Scrooge. You see, at first, he is a cold-hearted miser who despises the holiday of Christmas. His iconic tale of redemption from the ghostly visits of three spirits has become a defining tale of Christmas for so many worldwide. Of course, I'm speaking of A Christmas Carol. Ebenezer had many incredible realizations during his spiritual awakening. He made the most heartfelt apology when he attended Christmas dinner for the first time since the nephew had grown and married and invited him every year. He spoke to his young nephew, Fred, the son of his deceased beloved sister, and his beautiful wife, who he had been treating poorly all his life. He offered a sincere apology. Can you forgive a pig-headed old fool for having no eyes to see with and no ears to hear with all these years? With a humble smile and a bowed head, he approached his family, eager to be forgiven. Immediately, his nephew and niece smiled graciously and accepted. Forgiven are all those years of cruel and miserly gestures and behavior that are now behind them and forgotten, not raked over, not shoved in his face for him to dine on in dramatic glory. Yes, dear uncle, you've made Fred so happy. His niece gave him a sweet kiss, and they went into Christmas dinner clean clear, whole, and complete. This is a movie, and not only that, a black and white film, because, of course, I'm thinking of the 1951 version with Alistair Sims. And how can you teach someone about forgiveness from a movie? Well, if you watch the beginning of the film, you'll see this guy Ebenezer was a dirty, rotten jerk, and he did some pretty nasty things to his family for years. He humbled himself, bowed his head, and apologized, and he was forgiven, and that is what it takes. That's it. Forgiveness takes time. You need a sincere, genuine apology, but you still haven't been forgiven. 
Well, Pam, what now? Forgiveness can be a long process. Maybe the person you hurt isn't ready to forgive you now, but may forgive you later. Some things take time. Sometimes you need to grant the person space to chill and consider your apology. I'm sorry to say that the person you hurt may not want to forgive you. They may forgive you, but they may not want you back in their life. You're going to have to accept this as the cost and impact of what you did or what you said. Being accountable isn't about feeling bad or guilty, and it's not about you at all. It's about the person you hurt and how they feel and what they need. Nobody owes you forgiveness. You don't get to decide on, on or manage how other people feel about you. There are boundaries you may have already violated and continually push your agenda on them. It defeats the reason why you're making the apology. The experience of not being forgiven can make you feel like there's no way forward. How you bring yet to this situation? Remember, ultimately, the other person's decision to forgive you is less important than your own decision to take accountability and move forward. And that, my friends, is an excerpt from my book, Say Yes, Seven Steps to the Life of Your Dreams. I chose that particular portion because it's all about forgiveness. So as we wind down tonight for our show, I want to leave you with that conversation around forgiveness with your family, with your loved ones, and generate for you that having it all in life, having the abundance of money and and home and, and love includes your willingness to take responsibility for the unworkability sometimes of how you behave with people. Do not treat people as though what they say and what they feel is not as important to you in your life as it is for them and theirs. Be good to people. Take care of people. And I want you to know that if you take that on, you'll be happy, they'll be happy, and you will have the life you love. So this is Pam Heath, the Yes Coach, saying good night on our um, conclusion of our show tonight. I experienced a great deal of joy in being able to interact with the people who are guests on my show and ask questions. I'm here every Thursday night, 8 p.m. Pacific, on the science of yes. So take care, be well, and I'll see you next week. Thank you for joining me tonight. Talk to you soon. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.